Hi, and welcome back to the Extempers Bible Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm McKinley. And today we're joined by Jack Riveras, a Cavalier champion, one of last year's NSDIX finalists, and most recently, the champion of this year's Blue Key. Jack, introduce yourself for us. Hi, my name's Jack Riveras. I go to Trinity Prep in Central Florida. I've been doing Extemp uh, ever since ninth grade and have really enjoyed my time in it. So. So, Jack, tell us, how did you get started with Extemp? Obviously, if you started in ninth grade freshman year, that's a lot different than a lot of other Extempers we've seen on the circuit lately who started back in middle school. So tell us your origin story. Why this event? Yeah, so I got introduced to Extemp. I always knew that I wanted to do speech and debate. It just seemed like the stereotypically kind of nerdy high school activity to do that I would enjoy. I wasn't sure that I would actually like Extemp until I randomly got signed up to it uh, on like the end of eighth grade. So I did one final eighth grade tournament. I did not know what I was doing. I found out on the day of the tournament that you could not bring your uh, prep flow into the speech. I didn't know you had to memorize it. So that was that was a rough day. But past that, I had some really great seniors uh, who really helped me learn how to do extemp and learn how to do it well and how to actually make fun while doing it. And they really helped my freshman year. COVID obviously made things weird around that time. But freshman year, I, I did a ton that year, probably too much looking back on it. And it really just made me love the activity and go from there. Another famous question that we always ask people is who is their extemp crush or role model? Who's that one person on the circuit or that has graduated that has really been an inspiration to you and your journey in extemporaneous speaking? I would say that my extemp role model would be another Trinity student. It uh, might, might be weird to keep it out of the school, but Andrew Backrack, uh, he graduated two years after me. Uh, I knew him on a ton of stuff. We were on newspaper together as well. But he was a really good role model at teaching me how to do extemp of both the basics and also like how to navigate uh, national tournaments. He had something that honestly, I don't think a ton of extempers have a lot, which how, how do I word this tactfully? Uh, a lot, he really cared about the members of the team even more than almost he cared about his own success. Like you would see him get so excited for people on the team, both me and other competitors. And as a senior now, that's the main thing that I really tried to take from him. But he taught me how to extend. He taught me how to be a better person. He's just one of my role models in life. Yeah, so you kind of mentioned it. Florida is kind of known for being a very individually competitive, like cutthroat competitive circuit. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like as someone who has extempted their whole career on the Florida circuit, like what's the vibes there? How's it different from other circuits? Yeah, so I like extemp versus stuff like uh, LD or PF based on my brief exposure to them because in those debate events, it almost seems like you're trying to beat someone, like you're trying to win, you're trying to be the best at this. And extemp, I think partially because you don't see each other's speeches, it's a lot more supportive community. In Florida, things, things are weird now because so many Florida extempers graduated uh, this past year. But in years before that, there were a lot of really good extempers who 
were really uh, compassionate and really helped motivate people. I remember the first time I met um, one of the really good Florida extempers who just graduated, Sanan Kasim. The first time I met him, I was almost a little bit suspicious because he, he seemed almost too nice and too like interested in how we were doing. And it took me a couple months to realize, no, there's there's no motive. He's just a really nice person. And that's something I've noticed with a lot of Florida extempers. So it, it's it is a very competitive uh, event, but I think because you don't watch each other and because you're not directly competing, you have that space to be supportive. I think that's a really interesting take on extemp compared to like a bunch of the other events in terms of how competitive can you really get with each other if you aren't actually seeing other people's speeches for the most part. But just to move on from that and extend more about the Florida circuit, I know that there are, I think there's some places in Florida that participate in the CFLs, the Catholic Forensic League. Do you know that, uh, are you participating in that whole thing? Do you have any elaboration on that? We used to participate in it. Uh, our coach stopped us doing it about a year ago. I, I do know a lot of people who participate in it. I think we've done one or two this year. So I think we have started doing it again. Um, I, As I said, I haven't competed in there since ninth grade. So I don't know a ton about it. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's... I think it's a joke. Um, I, I could not tell you. Yes, uh, two years in a row, I was runner-up in IX. Oh, God. Um... I think I do. It was about like what role Turkey would play in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And I, I was kind of surprised, mostly because it was like a really good question, which isn't something I've come to expect from like state and necessarily smaller tournaments. But I think I had a question like that at Yale. There you go. Still an issue. Turkey in that conflict. Ooh. Probably stole the question from y'all, from y'all's website. Maybe. So then, another big tournament, of course, we have your performance and placement at the NSDA tournament last season, where you ended up in fifth place in the IX division. Um, I just want to call you out a bit for missing the group interview that we did for that whole thing. So first, do you want to explain to us how you missed that? Yes, I would love to provide the reasoning and back myself up. Uh, I do not use Instagram very much. I <laughs> go on it when a bunch of people follow me or something big happens at my school. So I do not have Instagram DM notifications on. So basically with DMs, I, I see them usually about a day and a half after I get them when I randomly check. So I, I think I was um, watching Star Wars with some friends at the time of the interview. And later that day at like 12 p.m., I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's anything on Instagram. And, and then I saw it. So <laughs> that, that's my defense.
Yeah, so I've I've definitely been reminded of that question a lot because my friends always like to say my AGD do it whenever they want to annoy me. But it's it it was a good question. I I was speaking with my coach the day before, kind of worried about because the semis questions had been like I remember one I had was like, how will this uh, new Turkish law affect housing of refugees and how can Russia utilize cryptocurrency? Like these weird questions. And I was talking to him like, I'm really worried about going up on that final stage, having a super weird thing and just not knowing what to talk about. And he basically said to me that they don't want to see anyone fail. So they're not going to give really tough questions. They're going to be more simpler ones. And I, I'm trying to remember what I said for that. I remember being up on that stage. What, it was nervous. I think the most nerve wracking part was actually the rehearsal the day before, where I know they got everyone from all events to go up there and give a practice. But I think when I was up on that stage giving that speech, I was able to mostly just turn it in to a normal extemp speech. I, I think I pretty much just, I don't know if this is good extemp advice, but I mostly just looked at the judges, didn't really focus on like the big audience, the big crowd. And I think that was what it was able to help me keep my cool on that. like funny quip to like say during our mic test that I was like that was the most stressful part of the day for me I don't know about you yeah I did not enjoy that part of the tournament so I think one thing with that the specific question that you had um is it was like is it significant that Bolsonaro won't concede an election result that is yet to take place so at, now that that election has actually finished how do you think your answer panned out? Oh God, this is <laughs> they're getting an actual like political commentary. Um, I think it's I, I was surprised that it was a victory for his opponent, Lula da Silva. I think it turned out better than it could have. Uh, I honestly am a little bit surprised that he didn't or hasn't yet done something really drastic. Um I think in extemp we we have attend probably all events we have a tendency to go towards like worst case scenarios because those are the ones that make the biggest impact that convince people that this is significant but I think it's very good in this case that the real world scenario didn't go as bad as we might have predicted. So with that in mind then let's go to blue key which you just championed congratulations. Um can you tell us obviously this tournament had some interesting round topics, uh, specifically the last final round. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that for those who weren't there, your experience with it? Yeah, so we got some warnings about the round topics uh, before the finals. I was taking part of the round robin beforehand, and those topics were generally good, but we had a round about bioweapons, and I was first speaker immediately draw my question, look over to the draw person and ask him, is this supporting like war crimes? Like, am I supposed to support that in a speech? 
uh, and he basically just said, uh, good luck, because he had read the questions. But with that final scenario round, I, I th my question was about uh, if you were running for the presidency, which battleground state should you focus on? And I think that was lucky in that that was a relatively normal question. And with the midterms uh, close, so close at the time, it was something that there were a lot of sources on. But I know from like talking to other speakers and looking at the questions, I think I was one of the luckier ones. So, so what did you say for that question? I said it was Georgia, um, mostly talking about how the midterms showed how close it was, how other states like Florida were pretty much already decided, and uh, about the importance of election deniers in the 2024. It, I thought it was a, I was happy with the speech. I wasn't like, I didn't think it was one of my best, but I was happy about it, which is more than I can say for most exempts. So. So Jack, was there cross in the final round? Um, Cause oftentimes in hypothetical rounds, other than an MBA, there aren't really cross examination. So was there a blue key? There, there was a cross. Uh, yes. Tell us a little bit about your strategy for that. So I, I don't love cross X, um, mostly because I am very nervous about like offending a judge by seeming too aggressive. Uh, I remember at after my nationals around, um, one of my coaches came up to me and he said, like, yeah, it was a good speech. I liked it. You did good. But the cross X, you were all sunshine and daisies like you were all saying like, oh, great point. Oh, good question. Like, oh, good speech. And I think I've. Uh, I'm not, I think I've tried to change that somewhat, but my strategy for cross is still answer their questions succinctly. Don't make it look like you're stalling for time. And most importantly, always tie it back to your three main points. And I, I think that's been fairly good. Um, but I, I haven't done a ton of cross. So. So another thing that I've been thinking about recently is that for extempers that like to focus in on either USX or IX, having to do like a combined extemp pool can sometimes offer a unique set of challenges. Um, namely, did you have any strategy or thought going into Blue Key, knowing that some of the later rounds, like quarters, semis, and finals, could have more IX-oriented topics? Yeah, so... Uh, I will be completely honest here. I, how do I phrase this in a way that won't piss off my coach? I am not someone who likes to practice a ton, which that, that sounds bad, but I tip my approach with extemp, something that I've really had to spend a lot of effort to learn over the past few years is that I do my best when I'm having fun and not really caring. So that doesn't mean like I'm not trying to put in effort and I'm not trying to give a good speech. But I found that when I'm like practicing a ton and really stressing about how the speeches are going to go, I can't relax and I can't joke. And if I'm not enjoying the speech, the judge probably isn't either. So I, I was learning about the topic areas as the round was coming up, um, which I don't know if that's the answer that most extempers give when you ask a question like that. But that's just my personal approach. Yeah, super fair. So 
another question that we ask a lot of Xembers who come on the podcast is like, what was your it clicks moment? Was there a time like in your career since you started where you like had a realization or you like reframed how you thought about Xemp that led to a dramatic improvement, improvement over a short period of time, anything like that? Yeah, um, I would say uh, it's kind of recent, but nationals this year um, when I competed in IX, I before that tournament, I was admittedly very burned out on Xemp. I did not want to practice. I did not want to compete. I was going up there just very bored. Uh, I think I gave one practice speech in like the two weeks up to nationals. And I, I don't want to make that sound like, oh, I just I knew what I was doing. I didn't even need to practice. It's more that I just stopped caring about how well I did. And when I went into that tournament with that mindset, I found that I was able to joke a lot more, to connect with the judges, to start just making fun of Extemp itself in my speeches. And ultimately, it's like I said before, like when I seem to be having fun, usually the judge has fun too. And so like even whether it's just like making bad jokes and laughing at it just to get by or just finishing out a point with the dumbest callback possible. I found that when I was able to combine both that kind of carefree, humorous attitude with the actual analysis that I'd been practicing, I was able to do a lot better, uh, which my coach doesn't like me to, because sometimes I'll give that advice to other extempers. <laughs> my coach will be like, no, you need to practice. Um, and I, I agree with that. But every person works differently. And it took me a couple of years to realize that I work best when I'm just having fun. So. And then another big question is, what are some of your favorite news sources, books, or pieces of theory that you find yourself often using for XTAMP? Yeah. Uh, so the most useful sources, I would say, are the ones that aren't behind a paywall. Um, so stuff like Vox, uh, The Atlantic, I like to cite a lot, of uh, NPR, stuff that people have heard of, but isn't just like the, the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal again and again. A lot of times, I'll, when I cite a more obscure source, I'll like to kind of make fun at how obscure it is. Like at Nationals last year, I had to give a speech about crypto. And pretty much every source was prefaced by how much I hated this speech and hated having to talk about crypto as someone who hates crypto. So a lot of times I found that when you're using weird sources or when you're using stuff that people might not necessarily have heard of, if you can sort of lampshade it a little bit, the judge can kind of, if they're not going like, hmm, like, I don't know if that's accurate. They're able to kind of laugh along with you. So. Yeah. So. One conversation that Kevin and I and a couple of the Ridge kids had at the Bronx tournament was about like practice speeches versus like reading time. Cause we found that a lot of extempers we talk to like will fall mostly into one camp or the other in terms of how valuable they like view the activity to be. So like where do you fall in speeches versus reading like somewhere in the middle, something like that? By reading, you just mean like catching up on the news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There are some people who, Kevin, who was that that said they read like instead of doing practice speeches? Was that, is that a Plano kid? Might have been. 
but Maybe, yeah there's yeah. like some people who will spend you know who'll do five practice speeches a week not naming any names and then there are others who will read like for an hour or two every single day where do you find yourself on that spectrum i would say probably more towards the reading uh i i would say i i don't really give a ton of practice speeches um what I prefer to do a lot is go over my old speeches, uh, not only because that takes less time, but also because I find that if I can get into that mindset of extemp, of that sort of like joking and kind of being likable, it'll help uh, me prepare for an upcoming tournament. And just reading wise, I'm also on my school's newspaper and I also had to do intern with a local representative recently. So I've had to keep up with the news for a bunch of stuff and extemp really just falls in with the rest of those. So are there any prep strategies or life hacks in extemp that you found have made your life and extemp journey a bit easier? Yeah. Um, I would say, hmm, I don't think about that for a sec. I, I would say that as someone with really bad handwriting, uh, learning shorthand has been really helpful for me getting my speeches to be quicker and getting them or my preps to be quicker and getting them to be easier to read. Uh, I'm, I know a lot of people who do this, but using different colors for different things, uh, like I'll typically have red for sources, blue for warrants and impacts and greens for just jokes or other things to remember. And okay, I do the exact same thing, and Kevin made so much fun of me for it at Bronx. For people listening, stay tuned on the Extempers Bible website. We're going to do a flow comparison of, like, Extempers from across the circuit, because I am for sure I'm right about this. It, like, helps you remember, doesn't it, Jack? Like, I, I don't do, like, jokes and stuff, but I do, like, tags and then, like, content and, like, impacts and everything, and it, like, helps you visualize the speech. Yeah, at do you have one of those pants? Do you have like one of those pens? Wait, I have it here. Do you have one of those pens like that have like... Ones? Yeah. I don't have one of those. I just bring three pens, but that's so much Listen. smarter. I wish I like started that in middle school. Okay, I can accept what Jack is doing because he has a single pen with different colors. The okay, problem, but... McKinley, you have like five different pens, five different colors, so you have to like no, switch I have them three. out. It's three. You it's have to five. switch them out. Kevin, to Jack, you write like, f- you write, like paragraphs for each point, okay? I don't think you can talk. Okay. <laughs> I do sympathize with Jack in having terrible handwriting. I think this anybody feels targeted. who has oh ever my seen my prep will know that I myself cannot even read what I have written. Um, I think at Bronx, we did like a little joke where people tried to read what my prep was and it failed horrendously. So Kevin really also participated in that trying to read what he wrote and no one could do it. Could, could Kevin read it? Nope. That's uh, okay. <laughs> it's a bit bad. So I do agree that using things like shorthand is a very effective way. Uh, Can you tell me more about like the shorthand? Easy. What is that just like writing less words or is it like writing words differently? Yeah. So I'm assuming most people like abbreviate sources. I, I think that's one of the things everyone just gets taught. But a lot of it is uh, numbers and statistics, learning how to not even necessarily learning but just like figuring out how to make something short and remember it as that if someone looks at my flow they'll probably just see like a bunch of random numbers and a lot of the points but because i've had to usually give the same speeches with 
similar statistics at least a couple times over my entire career, I've sort of become used to reading those. And then just for um, like impacts bees, I don't know if this is advised and I don't know if a lot of people do this, but I typically just use my sources for like the AB. I like I don't write out like what those recognize. Um, and that's that helps a lot with making it more legible. Sometimes I forget what that source is like telling me, um, but then I'll just look it up again. So That's a unique way to shorthand. Never thought about just having your source as your A and B. But I think I've, I've heard of people who have memories like that, where they can just jot down as their A or B a single source and then a number or statistic and just be fine with that. But I feel like I need to write out what I'm trying to argue. Yeah, our coach... Our coach has really drilled into us that idea of like unified analysis of that, like each point is structured in a similar fashion. So I think it's because of that, that our whole team is able to sort of do things like that. But I know for a fact that I couldn't, if, if you just gave me a bunch of sources and told me to structure them into an argument, that would be difficult. So. No, I agree. I think like the unified analysis really helps with memory and the color-coded parts of the point, Kevin. Um, so let's go back, expand the scope of this discussion again. Tell us next tournament you're going to, obviously not Glenbrooks, which I'm very sad about. Um, is it Sunby? Like, what's next up on your calendar? I think our next tournament will be Longhorn. Um, we go there mostly because our coach is from Texas, so he gets us discounts on a bunch of things. Um, but we'll be doing that. And then I'll give the excuse that most seniors give uh, for their forensics in their senior year, which is I'll do more second semester and once college stuff is all done. So, Longhorn, that's a good one. Um, I think that's a bit niche because it's mainly just texas kids that end up going to longhorn right yeah and it's also uh i did a i don't think i've ever done it um but i've heard that it's just two prelim rounds and then breaks so very very quick uh, just a nice little like december excursion they also okay i didn't know this until i competed last year they like release your ranks when they release breaks so like you can see how you did in prelims. They don't do that in Arizona. Like it, it was the most mind-boggling moment of my entire life. But yeah, that was super interesting. I don't know any other tournament that's done that as well. Other than I think um, Yale, like two years ago, they I think they did it on accident. But for like four rounds, they released our ranks after each round finished, uh, and then someone snitched and told them, and they stopped it. But. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't think disclosure is all that common, but I guess that's an interesting thing about UT Longhorn then. I'll I'll let y'all know uh, if it lives up to what I've heard about it. It's honestly, it's <laughs> when I when I um after we got the results from Blue Key, my mom texted me saying, like, do you when you just don't care about the tournament, why do you do well? And we'll go into that same attitude with Longhorn, so I'll let you know what happens. But of course, second semester, Sunvite is pretty much after most of regular decision apps. 
I mean, every senior knows that. Um, so are you going to go crazy at Sunvite? What's going on? We'll see. Uh, I'm planning on going right now. Uh, want to get those all the unique trophies. So hopefully a surfboard would be fun. All right. Then again, looking back at the season, what are some of the competitors that you are excited to face off against or afraid to face off against? Uh, honestly, I think one of them is in the call right now um, <laughs> with our, our IX round uh, from Nationals last year, McKinley. Um, beyond, uh, beyond that, this, this is where I fail to remember people's names. Uh, honestly, because a lot of the tournaments that I do are like in the Southeast, I mostly know Florida Extempers. And so many of them, like um, Daniel Kind is the one that everyone probably knows, but Sanan, um, Mark Zavaro, um, a bunch of others that I'm struggling to remember right now. It's There's a lot of extempers who have graduated. And honestly, the thing I'm most excited right now is to see the freshmen and sophomores that really do well. Uh, I spoke to one um, sophomore from California, Brendan, uh, Brendan Chung, I believe, um, who did really well. And I watched one of the speeches and he was a really good speaker. And I know there are probably dozens of others like him who are really good extempers and are just getting looked over because of the grade they're in right now. So I'm really excited to see what happens with that. I really agree with that. I think that because of the pandemic and online tournaments, we stopped seeing like new faces pop up on the circuit like as much as we did in years past um so i'm really excited because that's starting to happen again like at bronx and at yale like i saw a bunch of like people i hadn't seen on the circuit or in like final rounds like during online tournaments like hitting big out rounds and i was like so excited because it feels good like to be graduating and know that like super talented people are still competing yeah and we've got at my school um I was the youngest extemper there for a long time. We sort of had one extemper for grade per grade for a while, but this year we have three freshman extempers and they're, they're an interesting group, but I think they have real potential and I'll be excited to see looking back once, once I'm hopefully in college, looking back and seeing how they perform. So. So with those freshmen in mind, I'm going to skip around Kevin, if that's okay. Um, advice you would give to freshmen you, um, just in terms of navigating the event and competition and all that? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that also I think a lot of freshman extempers uh, would like to hear, even though it sounds hard, is just it's not as scary as it seems. And that's almost advice for people who are thinking about extemp but haven't started doing it. Because I feel like there's a big stigma around extemp for joining it. You like you describe the event to someone who doesn't do it, and they're like, "Oh, that's so difficult. How do you do that?" But if you have really good coaches and really good teammates like I did, they will teach you how to get over that and how to really be confident in your speeches and what you're saying. And if I going back to my freshman self, I think I've learned that over the few years, but knowing that earlier certainly would have helped. 
Yeah, I think I mentioned that in my interview. I cried when my coach told me I had to do extemp at the next tournament. Like I had like two weeks and I had been doing practice before, but I like fully cried when he said that it was the event I had to do. And I think like that's for a big like reason because like upperclassmen had talked about how difficult it was. Um, so now that we can kind of change that narrative, I think it's really good for getting new people to join. Yeah, uh, that's really important because I've had it's I, I don't want to call out my teammates on this, but our school is like our group of senior friends who do like info, OO, LD, all these different events. We're all very competitive and like getting freshmen and sophomores to join our events. And I think it's a bit easier to pitch to someone like, hey, give a 10 minute speech with boards and support on this topic that you're probably interested in. And we're not doing that to say that like, oh, info's easier or anything as someone who did expository at Nationals a few years ago. Uh, it is not. But I think if we can help people understand Extemp as an event, just like all the others, and something that they are capable of doing, even without a ton of practice, like you said, that should lead to a lot of new faces. So now you're in your fourth year of doing Extemp. And your freshman, you saw a little bit of in-person before everything got shut down. We went online for about two years. And now back in your senior year, we're entering a new area or a new era of in-person extemp. So given all of that experience, is there anything that you would change about the event, whether it be rules, whether it be structure, something like that? Um, one change that I hope lasts uh, is Wi-Fi. It, it is so much nicer to be able to just look up obscure sources and anything on the internet than having to get specific file stuff. My school, we, we have a filing system. Um, we're lucky to have that. A lot of schools don't. A lot of them have to do it manually. And I think that's not only a big barrier to a lot of extempers, but it's just, it's, it's like we've been talking about. It's a gate that keeps people out of the event of hearing that you have to go through these sources and get every single piece of evidence and have that ready to go is just an ask that I think a lot of people aren't going to be willing to answer up to. And ultimately, with, with questions getting obscure and with tournaments getting more people, I think having that Wi-Fi will be a big help. And it's, it's convenient, it's accessible, I, hopefully they keep it. We'll see. But then just larger changes. I honestly um, am not sure. Um, I, I don't know. I have to think about that. Fair enough. And while you do, um, what's like the best piece of advice you got, whether it was a technical piece of advice for like shaping exempt speeches and that sort of thing, or a more like big picture kind of way of looking at the activity. Is there anything that someone said to you that's kind of changed the way you view STEM? Yeah. Um, so I think this, this was sort of comes from multiple people, uh, which tells you how long it took for me to listen to it. Um, but both my coach and one of the students who grew, who was a senior when I was a freshman, um, Roger Thakur, who was also an extemper, they both told me that extemp is about people and that those are always going to be matter the most. So I think a, a thing that a lot of extempers struggle with is 
you get it like, for example, an econ round about inflation and you have your impacts of like this will cause this rise in inflation and this will make this more expensive. But I think it's a lot more impactful if you can center it on people. Like inflation isn't going to rise. Like families are going to struggle to make ends meet because of this. Or this war, it's not going to lead to increased conflict. It's going to lead to unnecessary casualties and people not getting the support they deserve. I think if you can center your impacts on personal effects and personal people, it can make topics that seem a lot more ambiguous or sort of just like uh, numbers and statistics base. I think it'll make it a lot more important and it, it'll make your speech stand out. Proper impacting is just becoming so important right now. I think I've this, this is going to be the billionth time I've said this, but I think that also links back to question choice. Speaking of questions, the next one that we have for you is what are your favorite and least favorite questions that you've gotten? At least the ones that you can remember. The ones that have been so remarkably bad or so remarkably good. That was very smooth, Kevin. Sorry, Jack. That was so smooth. Wow. This is why he does the intro. This is why Kevin handles those things. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, honestly, this will sound weird. I think the best and worst question, the best and worst question that I've ever gotten is the same thing, almost. It's this uh, speech I gave at semis at nationals, which well, I think I mentioned it. It was like, how can crypto affect Russia? And it was that sort of thing where it's it's you get that bad question thing where there's like no sources on the subject. Nobody has even considered this. It's not something anyone's talking about, but it's also good because that gives you a ton of freedom to make jokes about it and to just insult everything. So I think that's probably the funniest speech I've ever given because it was just seven minutes of me insulting uh, the question. The, um, and I think that's a common thing that we get with bad questions. Like I've, I know I've had memories of like getting a question. This is partially me not being updated on the news, but getting a question of like, why is China's economy so strong right now? And typing it into Google and first article is like, why is China's economy so weak right now? But, um, those sort of questions where you, it don't necessarily know what you're going to do when you pick it. Those can be very tough. Uh, and I've certainly struggled on a lot of those, but they can also be very liberating. Any source where you have to go to TAS or RT is your main sources as something you should stay away from. Well, I mean, then you can just sort of, you can make fun of it. Like I, I remember distinctly when I was citing sort I would said like, I hate I have to cite this, but on cryptonet.com on June 11th, if you, if you can make fun of those sources too, it's, it's helpful. So Jack, you're talking a pretty big game about being funny and making jokes and oh, speeches. <laughs> With that in mind, best ADD or on top you've ever given. Oh God. Um, I, I wouldn't say if it's the best one, but at the blue key round Robin, it was certainly the most surprising. It was a speech. <laughs> it was a speech basically asking about like this, uh, commission on bioweapons and whether there was a way to improve it. 
And my AGD was saying that, like, let's get one thing out of the way. Using bioweapons is bad. Uh, I shouldn't have to say that, but judging, but because most of the questions in this round seem to assume that they're good, I felt like I should get it out there. Uh, and then I got my comment on the ballot, which was, hey, I wrote these questions. Um, callouts were very deserved, which honestly is surprising that he went along with it, but is good to see. That was, that's probably the weirdest um, coincidence I've gotten. But then also, this is all time. So many things about Blue Key. This is this is not the competitor that went after me's fault. But I was first speaker in finals, and my AGD was sort of just like when I was young. I always wanted to be president. When I got older, I thought like that might not be as fun. Um, guy and guy comes in after me, starts the intro. Joe Biden seems like to have the best job that a child could want. However, as we can see by how many consequences you've gotten, as you get older and older, it seems like one that you might not want as much. And as he was saying this, literally all three judges turn and look at me writing down stuff for Cross X. So it's Blue Key's AGDs were something, but yeah. I mean, it's hard to joke about something that's literally a war crime. But we love that self-reflection from the question writer. Yeah, I that could have gone very poorly, um, but I'm glad he appreciated it. So, Jack, is there anything you would like to add or share before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, never joke and extemp because you will feel bad about it later. Um, God. But actually, extemp. If if this, I'm assuming. Okay, this this is a brief question to lead into us. What's y'all's audience like? What do you mean? Like, like the Extemper's Bible audience? Yeah, like listeners of this. Like how many are there? Or like Or like like do y'all get like a lot of like Extempers who've been doing it a while or a lot of like freshmen? Pretty good, pretty good mix, I think, Kevin. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. Then then I would say I'd say just like a closing thought, Extemp is a really weird event with a lot of really difficult things to get a hold of. But Extempers are also some of the nicest and most supportive people that I've ever met. And if you are struggling or if you even just have a question to ask, I guarantee you there is someone sitting at that prep table who will help you or has an answer. And it can be really intimidating to ask for help from people you don't know or people you've only like seen once or twice pacing in the hallway. But if extempers work together more and offer advice more, I think just the event would become a much better place to be in. And I, I think I love extemp. I've loved my four years of it. And I hope that there's a ton more people to continue doing it after I go. So. Yeah. And with that, thank you so much, Jack, for joining us. And thank you for listening to the Extempers Bible podcast. If you're interested in more free Extemp resources, including weekly questions and content briefs written by some of the greatest Extempers, be sure to check out our website, extempers.org, and our Instagram page at Extempers Bible. If you're catching this as it drops, enjoy your Thanksgiving break. With both UT Longhorn and the Princeton Classic coming up, you'll need the rest. Regardless, have a great day and an even better next tournament.